Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Okay, folks, happy Monday. Welcome to it. Hopefully, you had yourselves a great weekend with all of that fantastic football action. And, well, hopefully, you're able to make a couple bucks off it. I'm Danny Burke, your host of the Chicago City Cast. As always, we are presented by Bet Rivers. And for this episode to kick things off this week, Man, we got plenty to digest in terms of the Bears now that we've got some more coaching candidates available because of their departure from the postseason. Things you got to think are getting a little bit spicy around Hallis Hall, so we'll get into all of that. I'll share my recap from Divisional Weekend. My goodness, arguably the best weekend of football I've seen in my lifetime, and I'm sure many people have seen in their lifetime. So we'll recap that. We'll also talk about uh, the Bulls tonight. The Bulls have a very important game after that dud that they had last night against the Magic, the worst record in the NBA despite DeRozan's 41-point effort. The Bulls come up short, but can they bounce back against another lackluster team in Oklahoma City tonight? And what can the Blackhawks do? Probably not much. They're a huge underdog on the road against the Colorado Avalanche tonight, whom they have already lost to twice this season. We'll see if they can make a dent and make it close. But again, a lot to get to in terms of just all things Chicago. I mean, big interviews GM-wise for the Bears today, and we'll see if any news comes about. Again, I like to say when I'm recording this, because anything crazy could happen with the Bears while I'm recording, so I don't want you to think I'm stupid and I'm missing it or something like that. I mean, I am stupid, but I am you know, could be missing it too. But nevertheless, I'm recording this Monday afternoon, so bear with me. We're not doing bear with me the segment. We'll wait to see what the hires are. But if something happens, that is why I may miss it. Nevertheless, let's get into it first with a recap of the Divisional Weekend. All right, let's start on Saturday. Biggest news for really the NFL on that night and us Bears fans is bye-bye Aaron Rodgers. Goodbye AR-12, not only to this year in the postseason, but in my mind, presumably a goodbye to the NFC North and the Green Bay Packers. He just can't overcome San Francisco. Whatever it is, San Fran gives him struggles. Everybody's posting memes and stats of him and Rex Grossman having the same number of NFC championship wins. It's ridiculous. I agree. I it's honestly, you could put it up there, and people are saying it. And I get you know, look, everybody's quick to to rag on Rodgers for all of his offseason antics. Whatever your thoughts are in that situation, what is actually funny about it from a Bears perspective or, you know, a team that always gets embarrassed by Rodgers, whatever it may be, is they are one of the biggest failures in sports if you really think about it. We look at it from a Chicago's perspective, right? We look at it from 
the Cubs not doing anything from a short four or five year window from 2016 up until pretty much 2020 realistically, right? And we are all devastated with that and wanted them to be consistently better. Get back to the World Series. Didn't happen. Four or five year span. Baseball, very hard sport to have success in over that long of a course of a season, right? And you're breaking a huge curse. So that was great in itself. We know that. The Packers have had consistent dominant quarterback play for what? North of 20 years at this point? It's just been incredible what they've had as their quarterback situation. And they only have the one Super Bowl from Aaron Rodgers. One NFC Championship win. With all of that talent. In all of the years where you've had a weak NFC North. That is bad. Like the Packers fans and everybody can talk crap on the Bears all you want. And as a Bears fan, you shouldn't even clap back. Because they're right. I mean, rightfully so. There's no denying it. But we also understand we have never, as Bears fans, had a good quarterback. Even half as good as Aaron Rodgers. And look at you guys. A bye and you lose to Jimmy Garoppolo, who granted didn't even do squat in that game. You couldn't handle the frozen tundra in your own environment. Bad. Bad all around, but as a Bears fan, you love to see it. I respect the hell out of Aaron Rodgers as a player. I mean, he's one of the best, if not the best quarterback I've personally seen. And it's shocking that they lost. I'm not surprised that the 49ers kept it close. I mean, our bet on this game was the under and... We were feeling pretty good about that the whole way through. So that came through, which was nice. But man, I mean, good for the 49ers. I didn't really care about them toward this beginning of the season during whatever, but they've been impressive and they are a fun, analytical, great scheming team, coaching person. Everything is fantastic except for Jimmy G a little bit. But he's representing Arlington Heights, baby, my hometown. So got to give the guy props. And remember when Kyle Shanahan was on the hot seat? This was actually a thing. Like what, week six, seven, whatever it is. And that's when everything with the Bears was going to crap. And I'm like, okay, if Shanahan's on the hot seat, I would gladly take him as a Bears fan. Are you kidding me? Now they may have a ticket to the Super Bowl if they get past the Rams, whom they've already beat twice. So a lot to look forward to. But man, what does this say for the future of Aaron Rodgers? He's kind of cryptic in his press conferences, but we didn't even know if he was going to be coming back to the Packers this season. Him and Devontae Adams were posting Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Last Dance type of material at the beginning of the season on both their Instagrams. Aaron Rodgers already saying he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. You already have another guy's kind of making it look like it's their final goodbye to the Packers organization. I don't think Rodgers is going to be a Packer next year. And honestly, I didn't think he was going to be regardless of if they won that game or not. I mean, going into the postseason... I figured he was going to be gone. There's been a lot of speculation about it for a while. So I believe Bears fans can rejoice for a few reasons. One, Rodgers got eliminated. Packers got eliminated. Fun to see it. Two, Rodgers isn't going to be in the NFC North for the remainder of his career, in my opinion. And three, the Bears should be on the up and up with their rebuild of their organization with hopefully a great GM and a great coach who can pair with a, with a potentially good quarterback. Great quarterback. Hopefully, Justin Fields. If I had to bank on, I mean, Rodgers, the top contending team, there's probably two, and it's got to be the Saints is one, and the Steelers is another. Him and Tomlin shared that wink. We all saw that. They were talking about it Monday Night Football. The Saints with Sean Payne, they have quarterback issues right now. I could see him going to the Steelers, man. 
That wouldn't be the craziest thing to me. Maybe he goes to warmer weather. Who knows? But I just don't think he's coming back to Green Bay after the course of everything that happened this season. Made it seem like the final dance. And I can't believe it actually ended that way. Like, it seems shocking. I kind of figured they were going to lose in the Super Bowl. My prediction was Buffalo and Green Bay, and we'll get to that Buffalo game in a sec. But, man, goodbye, Aaron Rodgers. Chicago land rejoices. But that's not what you want to be happy about. You want to be celebrating the Bears beating the Packers, which big chance of that happening next season if there's no Aaron Rodgers, and that's a big if. But Aaron Rodgers is eliminated. Chicago is content. Other Saturday game. How about it? Joe Burrow remains that dude. Terrible offensive line. Terrible. Brutal. And he overcomes it. McPherson, their kicker, we couldn't even get thou who shall not be named to hit a kick the whole season. Yet this rookie McPherson just, like, ice in his face. I mean, are you kidding me? This dude is nailing kicks left and right and at the end of the game, rookie. You know who I'm talking about. Part of the Bears organization couldn't do squat. Kickers, we always, you know, you know, shout out to John Murray out in Las Vegas. He has his saying, kicking is for losers. And a majority of the time it is. But that other time, kickers will win you the game. They will win you postseason games. Ask Robbie Gold for the Bears and the 49ers. Ask Greg Zerline with the Rams. With that pass interference with the Saints, right? He was, he was dominant. McPherson was an absolute menace. Big props to him. Big props to Burrow for being steady, calm, and cool despite his atrocious offensive line. And how about the Titans? They are who we thought they were. Yes, they were. Weakest one seed, in my opinion, that I've seen in a while. I picked the Bengals to beat them in that game in a bracket that I had Bengals outright. And then we talked about it. So yeah, I take the points with Cincinnati. And, you know, I did end up live betting Cincy right after the first quarter when they got three because they were still, like, even money on the money line. I was like, I kind of like how Cincy's looking right out of the gate. It's what I've preached on this show when we're trying to talk about the mantra we want the Bears to instill. Running backs do not win you Super Bowls. They do not win you big games. Defenses, they help, but they're not the main reason. More on that in a second. That's why it's like Tannehill is okay. He does enough to get by, but he's never going to do enough to win you the big game. What do you have? Three interceptions and the costly one at the end? You have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, and he can't do squat with it. Joe Burrow's got great weapons. Probably not, I mean, not as good as A.J. Brown and Jones. I mean, T. Higgins, boy, Jamar Chase, they maybe will get there or somewhere in the same vicinity if Jamar Chase can become a Julio Jones. But man, Tannehill, I'm telling you, like we said, He's not getting it done. Derrick Henry does not win you Super Bowls. Bears running the ball a lot is not going to win you games. You need great quarterback play. This playoffs, this postseason has shown you that more than ever. Except, I will say, except for the 49ers game. It is what it is. Aaron Rodgers, great first drive. Bye-bye, non-existent after. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't do squat, still found a way to win. That was kind of the exception this weekend. But man... Hell of a day on Saturday. And then we move on to Sunday. I had the loser with Tampa Bay. Money line. That stunk. And I knew it kind of going into it in the sense, and we've talked about this with the Bucs. Like, this is a team that always, always makes it so, so difficult on themselves. And they did it to the largest extent that they possibly could have, basically. And how about it? What, they recovered four fumbles? I mean, the statistic probability of that happening is slim to none. And... 
they still couldn't take advantage of some of those turnovers. I mean, the botched snap on Stafford, they couldn't score on that play. Like, there were so many opportunities for them. And I'm kind of surprised that there wasn't the debate of them going for two after they scored. I mean, obviously, there's still time for Stafford. Whatever, you tie. Okay, whatever. How do you let Cooper Cup get open, guys? Play prevent defense. Do anything. Do something. That stunk. I was so hyped to see Tom Brady come back from another big lead. Could you imagine the legacy just continues to add on? I think I'm like 0 for 3, 0 for 4. I talk about like betting the Blackhawks and they screw me and they got a game tonight. So you can fade me on that. Um, but I think I'm the same with Stafford, man. Dude like killed me in fantasy toward the end. I still made the championship. I lost, but me and the buck, me and my buddy split anyway. So I kind of knew going into it, I wouldn't have a chance. So that went, you know, ended up being okay. Not that you care about fantasy. My point is Matt Stafford. I like trash. I don't trash. Like, I think Stafford's a good quarterback. It's just as of late, he was terrible. And that was true. That was true. End of the season, not good. Cardinals game didn't do anything. Last game, got to give him respect and credit. He played his ass off. He played a great game. And you know why? Because he got protection. He was comfortable. Minimal sequences was he getting attacked and forced to do something ridiculous. Right? The one bad play really was the botched snap. Which, miscommunication. It wasn't anything from his playing ability. He played an outstanding game. Cooper Cup is an absolute game changer. But we've known this. Odell, great addition to the team. Higby, big force. That team is good. It's going to be interesting to see what they can do against San Frank. And the 49ers beat them three times in a row. That's tough. I don't know. The catching points of San Fran is always intriguing. But man, shout out to Stafford. He got the job done. I wish the Bucs completed the comeback, but it is what it is. I expect Brady to be back. I know there's speculations about whether he's going to be gone or not. I just, he was playing at an MVP level, literally this season. Arguably one of his best statistical years. Well, you couldn't argue it if it's statistical. I don't know that for a fact, but it was one of his best years is what I'm saying. And to end on a game like that, I'm not saying he's going to end up on top with a Super Bowl, but I just think he can't end like that. And it would have been a hell of a game to come back from and win. And then maybe if he loses in the next round, Super Bowl, okay, bye. I think we got at least one more year out of Brady. So I wouldn't panic too much if you love seeing Tom Brady out there. I think we should get him back. Then we get Buffalo and Kansas City. Maybe the greatest game ever played. A lot of people saying takeaways from that game. First and foremost, you need to change the overtime rules. And you can sit here and say that and cry and mope about it. It's true. And you can you need to say that objectively, though. The Chiefs got screwed on it a few years back. They tried to change it. Teams didn't back them up on it. Chiefs are like, okay, we'll use it to our advantage this year. The Bills needed to get a stop. They should have got a stop twice. 13 seconds left in overtime. That can be true. What also can be true is that we all hate these overtime rules. Regular season, postseason, all of it stinks. It does. Just as bad as the taunting rules. Almost as bad. Almost. I get it. You don't want the game to be decided on a coin flip. Whichever quarterback won the coin flip was going to win the game. That's apparent. That happens. I think 10-1 and one, I saw on Twitter. Someone said 10-1. and one, The team that has won the coin flip in overtime playoff games. They are 10-1 and one in the last 11 overtime contests. Can't make excuses. 
You got to stop him with 13 seconds left. The play where Dak Prescott ran and scrambled took 14 seconds. Them to tie the game up took 13 seconds. And you can dispute, well, they should have kicked it inbounds, wasted more time. You're probably right. The threat of Tyree killing all that speed back there definitely is worrisome with a special team that wasn't doing that great to begin with. Okay. The Chiefs had two timeouts, though. So, you know, you, they were looking. The Bills were kind of playing defense, like trying to keep them in bounds, use their timeouts. I get it. But also, wouldn't you have tried to limit the yardage more so let them get out of bounds with the limited time? Like, there's so much better strategy that could have been utilized. You could say the same for Todd Bowles with the Bucks and them not playing prevent at the end. And you can absolutely say the same for Leslie Frazier the whole damn game against the Chiefs. And what he didn't do at the end of the game. And the whole game. Now look. We'll get into that in just a second when we talk about those coaches. But more on this game. Yes, we need to change the overtime rules. Yes, the Bills shouldn't be bitching and moaning about it because you should have stopped them. And it's not like the people on the Bills are. It's everybody on Twitter because you want to see Josh Allen go out there and play. Look, as great as Patrick Mahomes is, and he was fantastic, don't get me wrong, absolutely amazing. I was actually, I left that game more impressed with Allen, and I think a lot of that has to do with because we've already set the bar so high for Mahomes, so when he does that stuff, it's like, okay, he's back in his beast mode, right? He's just back to doing Mahomes things. And we know Allen is good, but man, he deserved to move on, I'm telling you. I mean, the things he was able to do, I, I, I went back and watched that game. And watch the highlights. Like, the things he was able to complete and accomplish on fourth down was incredible. Fourth and 13 touchdown? Are you kidding me? That scramble where he dodged like three guys to keep the play alive? The guy is a beast. I love watching him play. And Mahomes was great, too. They were equally as dominant. I'm just saying, personally, I walked away from that game being more impressed with Allen. Just because, again, Mahomes has already been up there. The other things that stood away from me, McDermott needed to go for it on that fourth and short. What happened after they didn't? Chiefs got a touchdown. I think it was the Pringle where he slid through or Hardman, who, uh, whichever player it was, slid through, got the tutty. You knew that was going to happen. You, you went for it on fourth and short at the beginning of the game because you know what you got to do. And yet you punted it there. The Chiefs were happy you did, obviously. I mean, you still had a chance to win despite that. But still, you can't falter then. You can't play hesitant then. Uh, yeah, Allen was a beast, OT rules stink, and then look, you can't let them score with 13 seconds even though they had two timeouts. I'm like talking to my buddy who's a Chiefs fan, he was like doing something else real quick. I was like, ah, Chiefs lost, you know, Bills just scored, 13 seconds left. He's like, really? Ah, oh, he's mad. Then all of a sudden I looked down again at my phone, and I was like, wow, um, they tied it up. That was insane. That was nuts. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I could because it's Patrick Mahomes. But, like, how are you the Buffalo Bills' number one defense and letting that happen? Which goes more into my reasoning of great quarterbacks, great quarterback play makes your team successful, wins you championships, not solely defense. Ask the 2006 Bears. Ask the Buffalo Bills of 2021-22, number one defense. What did that get you? That gave you, what, you gave up 39 points or 40, whatever it was, and you lost to, Buff uh, to Kansas City. You couldn't stop them in regulation with 13 seconds left from the kickoff. Then you couldn't stop them in OT or at least hold them to a field goal. You couldn't. Again, defenses are insanely important. The takeaways, the Buccaneers, 
got in their favor and took obviously game changer i am not discrediting anything that defenses do or are what they contribute they are like 1b importance right next to the 1a of quarterback i get it but i'm saying at the end of the day what it comes down to is which quarterback is going to be more dominant and here's the thing mahomes and allen were both equally dominant and both defenses were equally as bad so that's why you go back to the overtime rule coin flip it literally was a coin flip and that's what it decided that's what it came down to. No defense was going to make a stop. They weren't. But it's just incredible. Like that Buffalo. Here's the thing. Again, number one defense the whole season, right? You can't stop a team with 13 seconds left. That's a problem. That is a problem. You could go, well, Danny, that should even boost more to the against you saying defense is the most important and yes it is to a certain extent if you can make a play here or there but they didn't and again you look back on that fourth and two say the bills go for it say they get it then they score take more time off the clock chiefs can do what chiefs want then they don't get those 13 seconds obviously we don't know the game would have still transpired the same way but the point is when it came down to it it was quarterback play and quarterback play on both sides that made the difference but what does that make you think about these coaches now? Did that change your mind from what you saw this past weekend? Do you have different thoughts on Dable? Do you have different thoughts on Bowles, Frazier, Leftwich? You got to look at it from that perspective. Now I see everybody on Twitter now going, oh, hire Dable right away. Hire Dable right away. Calm down. I have Dable as the top three guy myself. But we're not basing these guys off of one game. But you can have criticism toward it. Bulls, why aren't you playing prevent? And I don't, the Bears aren't going to hire him. I hope they don't. I'm just saying, like, you look at that and you can make that criticism, sure. Leftwich, bad offensive performance to begin with, but they did enough toward the end, and they're dealing with a lot of injuries, so I don't think there was really that much taken away one way or the other from Byron. Frazier, number one defense. Look what happened in the big game where you needed it. Look what happened with 13 seconds left. I don't think he's in consideration anymore regardless, but you can't have that. And if anything, what you saw in that game, if it wasn't apparent in that game or before, that game showed that you have to go offense. Mediocre, average, slightly above average quarterback play, offensive play is not keeping up with the Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes of this world, folks. Not Matt Stafford, not Tom Brady. Rams, Bucks, they didn't really have a great team. Like, what came down to it in that game was the defense getting exposed because of bad play calling from Bulls, right? But it came down more so that Cooper Cup and Stafford were unreal. You can only contain these professional athletes that are freak athletes. Like, your defense can only do so much. It is so hard. So, yes, you need a defense that is really solid, but at the end of the day, it comes down to the offense, which the Bears need to invest in. So then you look at Dable. And everybody's freaking out saying, hire him right now. But everybody's saying because the GM connection with the Giants, he's going to go to New York. And maybe he does. And if he does, don't freak out because I still think there's good options out there for Chicago. But also, I don't want people to freak out just because you saw what the Bills did in this game. First of all, if you're like going nuts about that, a couple of things. One, Kansas City's defense ain't that great. Two, we expected a shootout in this type of game. And three, they've had these type of games before. So you should kind of be aware of that regardless that this offense has been that way. How much of that is Dable and how much of that is Josh Allen being Josh Allen? Like, what do you put the percentages at? It's hard to calculate it. Naturally, we don't know, but we can assume. 
I mean, a majority of it, of course, is Josh Allen being a freak athlete, making great throws and receivers running fantastic routes. Gabriel Davis, outstanding. Now, again, again, like I, I still have Dable as a top three guy, but just because the Bills put 30-plus against a weak Kansas City defense in a game that had the highest total of the board doesn't make me just absolutely go bonkers and lose my mind saying, get Dable now, get Dable now. Calm down. Calm down. Don't let one game sway to your opinion. Josh Allen made those incredible throws. Josh Allen was improvising on those fourth downs. Yes, the play calling is solid. And Justin Fields could maybe develop into a similar type of quarterback as Josh Allen. But I'm just saying, like, don't absolutely go nuts just because of one game. And you could say the same about Frazier. That's fine. You could say the same about Bowles. That's fine. But at the end of the day, we already didn't want the Bears to go in the defensive uh, side of things, right? We don't want them to go in that direction. But yeah, I mean, look, if the Bears get Dable, I'm not going to complain about it. I'm just saying, like, you should have already had that thought about him before. And a lot of that is Josh Allen, too. So, look, again, it should just show you no matter how good your defense is, better quarterback play will prevail. And that's what happened in the Buffalo and Kansas City game. They were number one in the NFL, yet they couldn't do it with just 13 seconds left. So no matter how good you are, quarterback play is going to prosper over the top. It is. And that's the way the NFL works. And that's the direction the Bears need to move toward. But it was a hell of a weekend, a lot of fun. We end up 2-1 and one with our NFL picks. Uh, Singletary under his rushing yards from rush hour. We were talking about that. We clicked in that one. That was a nice dub. And then we had the under for San Fran Green Bay, 48. Not even close. was solid. And then the Bucks. they teased us. They teased us bad. But hopefully you got some good live bets in there. It's the beauty of it, folks. You knew Tom Brady was going to come back at some point. Maybe not to that extent, but enough. I think the spread was at like 21 at some point. But man, that game was crazy. What we are feeling good about, like we talked about on this show and on Rush Hour, was the futures that we had. Buffalo 8-1, Kansas City plus 425. We had those Super Bowl futures. And I am feeling fantastic about my KC futures bet right now, plus 425. They are far and away the best team. Their odds now, I think, are plus 125. Seven-point favorites against the Bengals and a revenge game against Cincinnati from earlier this season. They're at home. If it's Chiefs and Rams... It'll be interesting to see, like, you know, what I might do with that ticket. If it's Chiefs 49ers, I'm probably going to let it ride. It's going to be a blast regardless. All right, coming up next, uh, we'll talk some Bulls and Blackhawks. Oh, really quick, I wanted to add a couple more, or one more thing, actually. That's going to drive you crazy. Adam Hogue, fantastic job covering the Bears, tweeted this out. Patrick Mahomes threw for 188 yards after the two-minute warning. The Bears only threw for more than 188 passing yards in eight games this season, and it took them until week nine to do it for the first time. Invest in your offense. Please, Chicago Bears, please. Also, Omar Khan interviewed today. Morocco Brown interviewed today. A lot to look forward to this week. A lot of things can happen now that you've had those coaches eliminated as well. You got Ryan Pohl's second interview with the Bears tomorrow. Dennis Allen interview for head coach. Saints defensive coordinator, remember. Wednesday, Eberflus second interview for head coach. Omar Khan would be my top choice as of now. Morocco Brown probably right under him. Get the GM, get your offensive coach, and get to playing good Bears football. All right.
Hopefully we get some more good effort out of Chicago sports teams tonight. Bulls and Blackhawks both got a matchup. Should be interesting, at least for the Bulls. Blackhawks maybe don't have a chance, but uh, the Bulls need a bounce back tonight. So I'll tell you my plays on both games, or at least where I would lean, and then we'll wrap up another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Place your legal sports bets at BetRivers.com. Your new home for sports betting. Millions of betting options a year on the sports you love. We offer live in-game betting on major sporting events worldwide. Tons of bets available during games from money lines, prop bets, and many more. Sign up now and we'll match your first deposit up to $250. More bets, better odds, more action. Place your sports bets at BetRivers.com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gambler State. My voluntary self-exclusion program must be 21 years of age or older. If you or somebody known as a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral service can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. 1-800-426-2537. Alrighty, we are finishing up a Monday edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. But first, we got to talk about the Bulls and the Blackhawks tonight. Both got a big game this evening. Doesn't it seem weird to say they got a big game for the Bulls as they're taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have lost their last 12 out of 14 games? Yes, it does. But that's where the nature and the state of this Bulls team is. First and foremost, got to address what happened on Friday. Watching that Bulls and Bucks game. My goodness, we are sweating out that Vooch under 19 and a half points prop, first of all. Like, it's coming down to the last second, and they're, the ball's going everywhere. I'm like, all right, all right, pick it up, pick it up. And then Vooch somehow gets that the last second, chucks it up, and literally I'm like, it's done, it's over. Of course he's going to hit that. Like, he's not going to not hit that. That's just me getting screwed, and that's just how betting works. And luckily, thank the heavens, he missed. He ended up with 19 points. We cashed that. We were sweating that one out big time, but it came through. Hopefully, you're able to follow. What stunk in that game, Bulls couldn't pull it off, should have been able to. Caruso incident. First of all, really quick, I just want to squeeze this in. I know it was one game. Bucks haven't looked great at all. If this Bulls team gets healthy and they do meet up in the postseason somehow, give me the Bulls. I get it. It's one game different in the postseason. The Bucks didn't look as deep if you think about what the Bulls could do with a healthy roster. And we were saying the Bulls aren't deep, but looking at the Bucs, I mean, look, Holiday had an off night, Middleton not the best night. I don't know, man. I kind of like the Bulls in that series, just based on the one game. That's just me being a fan, though. Grayson Allen doing Grayson Allen things. Look, at first, the hit didn't seem that dirty in the sense that he was just going up for the foul, and then obviously you saw him kind of grab his other hand and tear him down. Grayson Allen... You know, I don't want to throw vulgar slurs out here, and I don't want to, you know, curse at him or do anything bad, but you stink, man. You absolutely blow. And you know what? So does the Milwaukee Bucks Twitter account, whoever is running their social media. The audacity, because you know what happened? First of all, that foul was gruesome and unnecessary, and then Grayson Allen is freaking smirking as he's walking off the floor. Like, go kick sand, dude. And... He's only suspended one game. Good job, NBA. Great job. We just got Alex Caruso back after he was gone for what? Like over a month with an already depleted team and a much needed Alex Caruso because he didn't have Alonzo Ball. You don't have a Derrick Jones Jr. He didn't have a Devontae Green. Javante Green, excuse me. And then now you're telling me we have to miss Caruso again for six, eight weeks after he just came back. What have I been preaching, guys? This Bulls team is cursed or something. I don't know. I'm telling you, post-Jordan era, it's just bad luck after bad luck after bad luck. And I'm obviously exaggerating and looking way more into it. But tell me I'm wrong. Where, spot the lie. Injury, 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 injury. You finally have hope. Doesn't come through. We get screwed by dirty Grayson Allen. 
And, you know, this is me, like, freaking out, acting like Caruso is, like, Zach Levine. But he's huge because of all the other injuries you're enduring and because of what he brings production-wise. It stinks. It does. And, look, I don't know. It's just, or they're just an incredibly unlucky team. But so then the next morning, the Bucks have a game, and they tweet out a Grayson Allen-like gif or, you know, something where he's smiling, like, oh, game tonight, and it's like a Grayson Allen-like kind of, like, moving gif type of thing that those accounts will tweet out and everybody's just like what the hell are you doing read the damn room even the bulls official account replied and said seriously with like a few question marks oh then what happens well it comes out that he needs surgery on his wrist out six to eight weeks poof tweet gone you think you guys are a-holes and i can't wait till that next game where the bucks come to the uc i think it's in march I can't wait to hammer the Bulls in that game. I'm not even kidding. Screw you guys. Honestly. That was unfortunate as hell. That stinks. And the Bulls fans and this organization and the players and Caruso deserve better than that. Grayson Allen won game. Get the hell out of here. Infuriating. It is what it is. Hopefully you can get some players back. Which is the positive news that Zach Levine, Javante Green... They are questionable for tonight's game along with Vooch. So, um, again, I'm recording this like mid-afternoon. So, you know, depending on the status, things are going to change. Vooch is also questionable, which is not good. But Levine, Green, they traveled. They're questionable versus OKC. I am betting this game with the notion that hopefully they play, obviously. And... I mean, if not, hopefully Vooch can go. Otherwise, I'm not going to be feeling great about it. But I bet the Bulls on the money line here. Minus 125, I believe, is the number I got. Right now at Bet Rivers, uh, you're seeing it. Minus 127, spread at two, total 216.5. Let me tell you why I'm betting the Bulls here. Bad spot for him, second leg of a back-to-back off, an embarrassing blowout. I get it. DeRozan dropped 41 versus Orlando. You lost 114-95. to That can't happen. Bulls have lost their last seven out of ten games. But you know what? The Thunder, they're on a five-game losing streak. And they've lost their last 12 out of 14 games. Derek Favors most likely out again for OKC injury-wise. Again, Levine and Green could be back tonight. We'll see. The Bulls, we keep talking about much-needed games. The Bucks when he didn't expect to win. They were catching 11. They barely lost. Hindsight, that's like a, yeah, no doubt he should have taken the points. But it's hard to gauge it because then you go out and you lose a stinker like that to the Magic. But this could be one of those buy-low spots on Chicago with the potential of getting back two huge pieces against an Orlando team. Orlando, I keep saying Orlando. Against an OKC team that ranks 18th in defensive points per possession, giving up 111 per 100 possessions. That ranks 18th in the NBA. And then offensively, they're dead last in offensive points per 100 possessions. They rank 30th, 102.5. If there's a game where the Bulls can bounce back, get a nice rhythm, it's against the Thunder, and you're getting a good number in this market right now because nobody trusts this Bulls team, and they're on the second leg of a back-to-back, and they just lost to the crap team that is Orlando. Now, maybe Levine doesn't play. Maybe Javante Green doesn't play. Hell, maybe Vooch doesn't play. And if they all three don't play, I'm not going to tell you to run and make this bet. But if they do end up playing, this line is going to at least four and a half, five, if Levine is in. That's the truth. And Vooch. And Green. So I'm going to go in it. If they don't play, if I get screwed, so be it. I'm still going to want to trust the Bulls against the Thunder. And if they aren't fantastic, got a great number with it. 
So I'm backing the Bulls on the money line tonight. A needed win and a bounce back effort against that or after that atrocious loss to Orlando last night. Can't have it. He didn't do anything with the Rosen's 41-point effort. They didn't have any props out. Otherwise, I probably would have dove into that a little bit. But uh, it's hard to speculate because of who's going to play and who's not. But I'm taking the Bulls on the money line tonight. Let's go, baby. See you red. All right, Blackhawks Avalanche. Tough draw for the Hawks tonight. Every game's a tough draw. They just lost back-to-back -back against the Wild. Blew a lead the other night. Can't have that. Colorado open minus 290. Chicago plus 250. And guess what? You're getting the Colorado Avalanche. Let me pull this up. They are minus 315 at Bet Rivers. Yikes. That is a lot. Plus 260 on the buyback for Chicago. Total is at six, shaded to the over, minus 121. Uh, puck line open, minus 125 in favor of the Avalanche. Now it's up to minus 134. Blackhawks catching plus 112 on plus one and a half with the puck line. So minus 315 for reference. You'd have to bet $315 on the money line for the Colorado Avalanche just to return 100. Big favorite, and rightfully so. Blackhawks, not a consistent team. Not a reliable team. Hell, they're really not even a good team. And they've lost twice to the Colorado Avalanche this season. Colorado has won six straight games and 15 in a row at home. Blackhawks, again, just lost back-to-back -back versus the Wild. Marc-Andre Fleury, presumed starter, 13-12-3 this season with a goals against average of 2.8 and a save percentage of 91%. He does have three shutouts, and two of them have come on road ice where he's 7-6-1, 2.6 goals against average, 92% with his saves. Yes, he has performed better on the road, but he has also been in the net when the Blackhawks have lost to Colorado twice. 0-2, 0-1-1, excuse me, so 0-1-1 because, well, the overtime loss. So 0-2 technically, but 0-1-1. Uh, 4.03 goals against average versus the Avalanche, brutal. 88% with his saves against the Avalanche, brutal. They lost 4-3 in that overtime matchup at the UC recently, and then his first game of the season at Colorado, they lost 4-2. So, yes, uh, the, the Avalanche are going to win this game. I mean, they got Darcy Kemper, looks like he's going to be tending the net. 19-5-1 this season, 2.63 goals against average, 91% with his save, only one shutout. At home, he's a menace. I mean, 11-2-0, 2.46 goals against average with a save percentage of 92. Versus Chicago, 2-0. 2.5 goals against average, 92.3% with his saves. Look, you can't bet, obviously, you can't lay $3 with the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, if you do, I mean, do whatever you want, but no chance out of me. You could do the win in regulation. So I'm trying to kind of find this number. So where you're just saying, all right, Avalanche are going to win. I want a better price. And this game's not going to go to overtime. Now, naturally, you could do the puck line at that point and lay minus 134. And if it's that expensive, then obviously the win in regulation bet is going to be pretty expensive too. Uh, minus $2 for the regular time three-way. I like doing that sometimes over the puck line because you're rooting for the same thing virtually, but you get more advantage, obviously, because they could just win by one in regulation and you still win, whereas the puck line, obviously, you need them to win by two or more. Colorado should be able to do both. I don't hate laying $2 from time to time. Again, not frequently at all, but time to time in the NHL. If you want to get involved, maybe you take the Avalanche regular time minus $2. Maybe you wait for in-game, see if there's a better number. Or maybe what you could actually do is let me find uh, what else we got. Like the total goals for the Avalanche. I'm trying to see where this is at. 
they're not really showing me here or maybe i'm just bad at navigating here the point is the avalanche probably are what like at three and a half or something you would think i should be able to find this as this is terrible radio or terrible you know tv <laughs> you're watching it i'm trying to get here we go no we're not getting it anyways whatever if you get it like it's probably going to be three and a half i would guess you know that's not ideal per se but that could be a decent way to look at it too the avalanche probably end up getting four okay three and a half there we finally found it round of applause danny you did it moron three and a half is where it's at shaded to the over big time minus 143 unders plus 110 eh, it's a little bit too much juice on the over but i would only be betting over in that spot Otherwise, find a way to get involved with the Avalanche. They're going to take care of business against the Blackhawks. They have been on a kind of rough schedule here where they've barely been winning these games, so maybe the Blackhawks do keep it close. But the momentum could be low after those two tough losses against Minnesota. You at least got to be able to take one of them. They couldn't do it, and they blew a lead. But that's what we got on the docket tonight for Chicago sports. Again, plenty more Bears coverage in a very important week this week. Hopefully we get a GM by the end of it, and then we can move on with the head coaching search. Hopefully we get a Bulls dub tonight, and then we can cash our ticket on the money line. We get our boys back, Levine, Green, Vooch stay healthy, Lonzo, Caruso rest up, Patrick Williams rest up, boys. We got to get on a nice little streak here. Bulls fall to the three seed in the East. Not ideal, but it is what it is. Blackhawks, well, we don't have much hope for you in this game, but hopefully you can take advantage of the other ones. But that's going to do it for another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Once again, I'm Danny Burke at DannyBurke5, where you can follow me on Twitter. Make sure to catch my show Rush Hour on VEASAN, Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. We have an array of guests on the show frequently, and we go from the national perspective. We'll be previewing the NFL Championship Weekend on tonight's show, talking some other hockey bets, getting Danielle Alvari, host of the Los Angeles City Cast, and Adam Burke, VEASAN's betting analyst, all on the show tonight to go all over the place, folks. So a lot to get to. And please, always appreciate it if you like, subscribe, rate the show, whether it's good or bad. Always appreciate the feedback. And if you subscribe, you get notified when the show gets released as soon as possible. So uh, once again, thank you to everybody for tuning in. Best of luck with all your wagers. And we'll catch up again for another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. 